spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 223rd annual Subliminal Session Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit, my name is Cody, my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. Another dreaded week at work, as per usual. Um, mm. Today feels like a real fucking drag, but uh, maybe that's just because, for I would assume for a lot of people, the uh, prospect of a four-day weekend is upon us. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's hard to... Go to work for those couple of days, knowing that you got uh, you got a nice little break coming up for yourself. So, you know, you got to just stay motivated at work. Just <laughs> finish line is in hand. It's coming. It's coming right for you. So, you know what? Don't I worry th- about it. Since it is Monday, you know what I think my problem was is I last night I probably made the mistake of staying up to watch the Vikings game, right? And then mm-hmm. when it was over, it was like eleven and. I just could not get to sleep. It was probably like damn near one o'clock before I actually fell asleep. And then getting up, you know, I don't know what time I got up, probably like before six. So leave me a little tired today. <laughs> actually, that that sounds kind of nice. Um, yeah, I was up at about, I, I, I slept in a little late. I got up about 3.50. So okay. a lot later than I would like to get up. <laughs> I barely even got my coffee and before i had to you know go get ready for work and stuff so i i can't even imagine starting the day without (laughs) that fresh cup of joe yeah it's uh honestly coffee and a little bit of fucking a little bit instagram you know scrolling a little bit yeah that's how i uh that's how i wake up in the morning yeah i uh honestly do about the exact same thing yeah well i wanted to say something really quick i know we got a big one ahead of us so I actually said last week on our banter episode that I was very much planning in the very near future to do a episode on La Lorie. So I was uh, doing some housework this weekend. I always I have uh, my speaker on, you know, whenever I you know do my chores. I like to play a podcast, you know, very well. Last podcast on the left. Yep. It turns out that when you mentioned that the La Lurie story was being done by them, I didn't realize you meant it was a two-part that was happening, like, right now. Like, they just did part two of it. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess. Within the last month, at least. Yeah, it was, so it was, uh, the the part one was the episode that kind of was, like, my next one to listen to. So okay. I didn't realize it was so close. So I might wait, like, six months or so now. They did a really good job, though. I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I also, it's a little different not hearing. I forgot what the guy's name is who is not on the show anymore. It's ben. a little different not hearing his voice, but I actually kind of like it. Yeah, I I like the uh, Eddie. I like him. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's good. Uh, he's got the, <laughs> now he's the one who tells the weird inappropriate jokes that they, uh, the, the, the mouth 
cleanser kind of jokes that they do. <laughs> but I actually do like now um, better the the little in between show that they do. That's a, side stories. That's a lot better now. Uh, with, Is it like the main the yeah? Okay, I haven't listened to that in quite a while. Yeah, it's pretty good, but you know, it's pretty good. Okay, well. Uh, leaving off on that, unfortunately, you guys <laughs> will have to wait. Although I will say this, if it's any condolences to you, they focused, I only want, I only listened to part one, but they mainly focused on her and not necessarily like any of the haunting or any of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, even part two, they, they really didn't focus a lot on the haunting. Uh, they most a lot of it was just them talking about like when they took the trip and like the stuff, you know, what they were told about. And then, like, obviously, they had a huge kind of story behind it. They had all the history that everything like that. Not so much about the haunting. So if we just talked mostly about the haunting and a little bit of history, I think it, there's a lot of more meat there. Yeah. But you definitely I mean, they did such a good job. Probably just wait. Got you know, a lot, not got, like we're in any kind of fucking league <laughs> with those guys. <laughs> oh, <but>. absolutely not. <laughs> we are an ant underneath their boots, so <laughs> we're pretty pretty pathetic here. But um, anyway, speaking of crazy people, are you ready for this week's episode? Yeah, let's hit it. All right. On this week's installment of Sub D, we'll be delving into the life of a very famous man with alleged pyrokinetic powers that had captivated the world. This show is no stranger to humans claiming to have all sorts of psychic powers, but what makes this man really stand out is some wild claims that even include the government being interested in utilizing his extraordinary abilities. The question we want to answer today, is this man telling the truth or... Is this just another case of a wildly successful huckster? Now, um, I love these. And honestly, I would say this by the end of the show, Phil, this guy might be one of the wildest individuals we've ever covered. <laughs> Not necessarily crime-wise or anything, just weird. Just, he just... Okay. He just... Goes with the flow. Okay. Now, I want, I had, I, I saw this audio clip on a documentary and I wanted to play it just so everyone can kind of get a little sample of what this guy's like before we start diving headfirst into his story. So let's give this a listen. It's what I have 40 seconds or something. Here we go. Okay. For Gela, the number 11 has a special psychic significance. I have been attracted to the number 1111 for almost 18 years. It's like my, my face, my body would turn around and look at a clock and it would be 1111. Something is telling us out there, hey, pay attention. And then the incredible synchronicity of the terrorist attack on the 11th of September. And then I find out that Afghanistan is 11 letters, George W. Bush is 11 letters, Colin Powell is 11 letters, Jesus Christ is 11 letters, Harry Potter is 11 letters. There is something here that we cannot decipher yet. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> I don't think Jesus Christ was his, uh, <laughs> his full name. 
but yeah but it's 11 letters um are you the type of person where you see repeating numbers at all Ooh, anyone is a fan of uh, the great movie the number 23 uh that kind of introduced me to that whole idea um it's kind of hard when you're dealing with like a clock because you only start to notice repetition like with certain numbers, like it don't, you always find what you're looking for is yeah. my kind of idea behind it. Well, the human, so. the human brain always looks for patterns, right? So yeah, definitely. you might glance and see a random time on the clock, not thinking anything of it. But when you see the same time over and over, you're like, then you start to notice. Yeah. Kind of like there's people who always you know, like they call it the witching hour. They yeah. always hear weird noises in their house at 3 a.m. And they always, you know, it's this weird time. And it's like, oh, I always wake up and it's always exactly 3 a.m. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, also maybe your brain is kind of hardwired now to just wake up at 3 a.m. You know, that that sort of deal. Well, I'll tell you for people who have cats, um, <laughs> 3 a.m. A different kind of witching hour. Yeah. <laughs> 3 a.m., you will definitely hear some weird noises come from your house, but don't worry, it's just your cat for some reason going fucking insane for absolutely no goddamn reason at all, but it's just what they do. Racing around the house. Yeah. <laughs> fucking makes no goddamn sense, but uh, but yeah. Anyway here, continuing on. Now, the powerful psychic we will be talking about today is named Uri Geller. Now, it looks like Yuri if you were Russian or whatever, but apparently his is Uri, like with an O, I guess. So that's just, uh, we'll we'll pronounce his name. Now, he was born in modern-day Israel on December 20th, 1946. His father was named Itzhak Geller of Austrian Jewish descent, and his mother was named Margaret Manzi Freud of Hungarian Jewish descent. Now, Ori would claim that his father was a was well known for being a pussy hound, so he did not mm-hmm. see him much, <laughs> and that his mother was in fact a distant relative of famous neurologist and you want to have sex with your mother enthusiast Sigmund Freud. Now, that's not confirmed, but it okay. is what he says. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's so funny, you know, just how people who, if you have like the same last name as someone famous, there's always the claim uh, that we had a kid in our school whose last name was Sajak. And I think the rumor was that he was like cousins with Pat Sajak of uh, Wheel of Fortune. I I I don't know if it was true or not. So I, you know, when I was younger, me and this individual were friends and hung out or I went to his house a lot. And according to his dad, it was his dad's second or third cousin or something. Like, kind of distant. They didn't really know him, allegedly. So, I wanted to ask you about Sigmund Freud here real quick. Is he responsible for the downfall of Pornhub? Think of all the stepmothers, stepbrothers, stepfathers, stepsisters. It's all over the place there. Are you talking about the downfall in quality or like people actually no. going to the site? <laughs> no, I'm talking about every single video involves oh, okay. a stepbrother, stepmother, 
stepfather, stepsister. Could this be Freud being proved right? I don't who that's a that's kind of a weird one. I don't know exactly. I, I think people blame the pandemic on that for some <laughs> weird reason. But yeah, it is it is kind of weird how it's the people who like name the videos who like grab them from other places and name them when they put them on these porn sites, no matter what it is, they always put some kind of like how they're like quasi related. It's a little weird. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's just fucking, it's, it's, it's a weird world out there. Be careful. <laughs> now, now, apparently due to Yuri being mostly left to his own devices as a young child, he would play in the overgrown garden outside of their home. It was when he was around five years old that something magical happened in said garden that was about to change his life forever. Uri claims that he saw a UFO and that some sources claim that he found out the name of this UFO was Spectra. Uh, He claimed it was close enough that if he wanted to, he could have reached his hand out and touched it. Now, Uri also claims that because... This would ultimately become his, quote, psychic awakening. He is unsure if the aliens kind of awoken the abilities within himself or if his abilities had awoken on their own. And then he psychically created the image of the UFO in his head. So those are his only two possible explanations. Either it was the UFO waking him up or he psychically created a UFO or like psychically summoned the UFO from wherever it was from. But no matter what, according to him, he is special. Yes. That's the, the main takeaway from that that I'm reading. You're going to hear a <laughs> no lot. Way it, no way it could be option C. It's all bullshit. He is special. <laughs> you are going to find out um, everything about this man is special. He is yeah. very important. He very clearly loves himself. Um, yeah, I. It's I don't know. This guy's pretty wild. So the the well, let me. There was a few things that I wanted to speak about back there. Um, when I first saw the uh, email the, of the script, I thought this was about the the Russian astronaut, <laughs> but that's Yuri Gagarin. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did think that the name was Yuri. So it's kind of an odd name. You don't really hear about it. He would have actually been born in Israel right after kind of like the creation of Israel. Oh, back, okay. Back, so like 1946 was like, like right away. Like it still would have been like considered to be called Palestine to most of the world by that time. Like the whole area would have still been known as like Palestine, except for like maybe the, you know, people who supported it or lived there. Um, and then obviously they hadn't quite taken over all of the, you know, the land yet. Um, also odd name for, was that the, he claimed that the UFO was named Spectre or the beans were named Spectra? Uh, it's unclear. I think the UFO or whatever this thing was, he, he describes it as kind of a UFO, but it's in other times he says it's almost like a radiant ball of light. So... Yeah. One or the other. I'm I'm not sure. This isn't the only segment with aliens here, so there's gonna be more aliens to give you more detail. But the five year olds with or five year old Ori with the 
aliens is a big event in his life. Yeah. I mean, it's not odd for, you know, a five-year-old who spends most of their time alone to maybe (laughs) make up an imaginary friend or have someone tell them they're special. So, you know, it's... (laughs) Yeah, I... Also gave him a hug. Every once in a every once in a while, I kind of feel <laughs> told me it was cool. I, I I'm I get the impression a little tiny bit that uh, he might be a slight narcissist. Mm, Just yeah, a little I, uh, bit. <laughs> my mental image of him is starting to build in that direction <laughs> as well. Yeah, don't worry, um, there is yeah, the, a lot of the, layers. The name Spectra, though, kind of made me think of like light or, you know, like the light spectrum, that sort of thing. So like, you know, kind of like ghosts, that sort of that sort of deal. So maybe he's not as creative as we think. I wonder if that's the name he came up with when he was five or like later on when he was trying to like monetize this, you know. See, here's the thing. Only really one source brought that up. And even in the documentary, he doesn't name it, but okay, I just put it in there just because to be thorough, I guess. Is he, I shouldn't, I, we might get into this later. Is he still alive? Because he would be in his mid to late 70s. Yes, he now. is alive. Okay, gotcha. We, okay. Ha- we have a very modern day tweet that we is a... Is an excellent uh, dessert for the end of the show that uh, we're going to go over. <laughs> nice. All right. Now, as I mentioned, he uses this event with the UFO to claim this is kind of the starting point of his abilities becoming unlocked or whatever. Although, Ori claims it didn't instantaneously happen after he saw it. He started to notice when he was eating things with a spoon, sorts of foods. Uh, the spoon would just kind of miraculously bend 90 degrees, almost on its own. He had no idea why it was doing this. Then Ori noticed that when his mother was playing cards, even though he could not see the cards in her hand, he could tell what she had in his head. So somehow he was reading them telepathically. All these weird things kind of happened to him. But what's really interesting is that even though he's kind of what I called developing these Matilda-like powers, in school, he did not display them in front of his friends to begin with. In fact, one of the documentaries, his friend is on there talking about knowing him as a young man, and his friend said he's a bit of an over-exaggerator and to a lesser extent, a liar. You wouldn't say. (laughs) (laughs) But his friends also did say that their watches would just miraculously break whenever Uri was around them. So even though they're like, "Eh, this guy, they still have the watch thing. They don't know why the watches quit working when they're around him. Okay. When you said about the bending spoons, two images came in my head. Obviously, a Kadabra and the movie The Matrix. Ah. the, The little bald kid when he's sitting in the waiting room. Waiting for the oracle. I, um, I one thing real quick. Speaking of Kadabra, okay. Um, I cannot wait till the end of the episode because when when I typed up the Kadabra section of this, I thought of you instantly, and you are gonna love it. Okay, <laughs> but I will say, um, 
those are all very popular kind of things to prove your psychic abilities. Uh, the playing cards thing was obviously Starship Troopers. Uh, when Doogie yeah. Hauser was testing his buddy and, <laughs> you know, his buddy didn't have his buddy had the physical kind of evolutionary deal, but not the psychic. <laughs> Basically, Neil Patrick Harris's character was like, you should have guessed one correctly by now. Like, yeah, he, he, <laughs> he was just completely wrong. He He's like, statistically speaking, you should have accidentally got two cards right. Yeah, exactly. When Uri was 11, his family moved to Nicosia, Cyprus. It was here that Uri would attend high school and Terra Santa College, where he eventually learned to speak English. Though, after I believe he graduated, he then returned to Israel. At the age of 18, Uri Geller would join the Israeli Army Paratroopers Brigade, and in 1967, he fought in the Six-Day War and would eventually be wounded in action, although I cannot find at all what the wound was. Yeah, that was uh, that's a pretty profound kind of event in Israeli history. Uh, they, <laughs> I can't remember exactly. I believe they beat three countries in a very short, like, six-day period, very short period of time. They took uh, out three their countries? Their whole army. What's that? They took out three countries? Yeah, they beat... Who did they beat? They beat Egypt. They swung around. And I believe they beat Syria and maybe Jordan or Lebanon. I would have to look it up again. I saw a big documentary on it a few years ago. Really interesting war. Okay. Um, Yeah. Uh, They... I mean, it's one of those deals where if you're Israel, you kind of have to win. You can't, you know... (laughs) Can't give, like... You know, they're not going to let you still exist if they invade your country. Yeah. So that sort of deal. I didn't even know that. Okay, so I will give Uri credit. It is confirmed he was in this war. So um, we know that part he is being truthful about. I'm just not sure if he got shot or if he just sprained his ankle. I, (laughs) I don't really know. So if he was of military age at this time he would have either been active duty or kind of like in their reserves. I do believe even at this time, they did have uh, the, basically it's where, like, I think everyone at least has to go get like military training. Oh, uh, okay. Like all people, you know, uh, all citizens of Israel kind of have to do it. So. Gotcha. uh, Okay. Not only is it good for defense, it's also good for, you know, nationalism when you have everyone yeah. kind of like in the fight together a little right. bit, you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um now the following year Uri uh after being discharged from the military service, he would decide to work as a male model, posing for ads <laughs> such as male deodorant, beach towels, watches, and cigarettes. Uri oh, Hold on one second. How can he advertise watches if they're always breaking around? Yeah, uh, you know what? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they didn't really have commercials, right? So if it's a still picture, then it doesn't matter if the watch is moving or not. 1967, they might have had. I'm not sure about Israel, but I know the U.S. You know, and Western Europe had you know regular television. I believe they were even getting color TV Ooh. around that time. It was coming. In... I like when he's showing these modeling pictures, it's literally like stills of him. So 
I'm assuming okay. they were in magazines or it was whatever. Print. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's got to be weird to be a beach towel salesman or like a beach <laughs> towel model. I guess uh, there's something for everybody. Knowing him, he probably carried a beach towel around everywhere trying to get people <laughs> to notice him. Now, Uri claims that, you know, he really enjoyed his modeling career because he loved that feeling of being wanted and being desired. And he he claimed this, like, really amplified his charisma. He really liked this. And his exact quote was, it was easy money. So that should tell you where we're about to go from here. <laughs> but he, he kind of felt like he his life is destined for bigger things than just being a fucking hot model in a magazine. So he decided he's going to go ahead and start showing off his psychic, psychic abilities to a much broader audience. Like any performer, he had to start small, working as a nightclub entertainer. Uh, one of his first acts was showing off his mind-reading abilities to the youth of Israel. What this included, essentially, is Uri being blindfolded. He would have an uh, audience member come up and write a number, a word, or perhaps even draw a picture on a big-ass black chalkboard. And then Uri would kind of repeat what they put on the chalkboard and then kind of, you know, be like, see, I read what you were doing psychically and I gotcha. That's actually the chalkboard one is really good. Um, it's uh, it's not a hard thing to learn. So it's it's kind of a really good like starter kind of magic trick deal. Do you know how it works? No, but he claimed first off, he claims he's not a magician, Phil. Oh, of course not. He's <laughs> just worked as an entertainer. He's, he's not an entertainer. So when you use up, there's a lot of kids out there, maybe not when I say kids, like in their 20s, who grew up with schools that only had like dry erase boards. Back in the day, they used to have chalkboards. The thing about the chalkboard is it has these ridges that kind of like catch the chalk and leave a line of chalk behind. And it has a very distinct sound to it. Like you can also talk about like nails on a chalkboard. So if you listen to the chalk, you can kind of hear when it makes like upstrokes, downstrokes, side to side, because it makes different sounds when it's side to side. So you can kind of figure out like what they're drawing by like listening to where the chalk is and like the up, down and side to side strokes is. You can kind of figure out maybe like you can like a one is like, you know, diagonal, down, across, that kind of deal, you know, that that sort of thing. Okay. All right. Um, now, I you mentioned the ridges. I want to keep in mind, he, he like drew it on a separate piece of paper. He didn't get to touch the chalkboard. No, you, you hear it. You hear it. Ears. Okay. You hear it. No, no, no. You hear it. Okay. I see. He's having them draw it on a chalkboard, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's hearing how the, the sound that the chalk makes on the board. Got you. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, goddamn. Sorry, I'm sorry if I blew up any magician's spot out there. Well, not, I'll tell you what. When you wake up and shit's disappeared out of your house, <laughs> you brought this on yourself. Um, <laughs> Chris Angel took a magic yeah. dump on my fucking stoop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, now, as Uri's popularity began to expand, he would begin to incorporate spoon bending and watch fixing into his acts. 
One of the big reasons for Uri's success was the fact that basically at this time in Israel, nobody else was doing this sort of, like you mentioned, Chris Angel sideshow act. He was kind of like the trailblazer. Sometimes you just have to be the first one. Um, now, according to a biographer of Uri, the one thing that would take Uri Geller over the top in Israel was something allegedly completely unexpected. He claims that Uri was simply performing his acts as he always did when all of a sudden Uri, you know, started to get ill. He, he almost fainted. He just was acting really weird. He then informed the audience that Gamil Abdel Nasir, the then president of Egypt, had just died. And later that day, news broke out everywhere that Nasir had in fact died of a heart attack. And they Okay. So the thing is they they're like there's no way he could have known he was dead before anybody else. You know, that's where the weird part is. And then I think because of this revelation or whatever, uh the people of Israel were like this guy knows his shit. Mm. Did he so so did he later die of a heart attack that day or did he like just die? Nasser said, oh shit, he just died. Or no, how did it? I didn't read it exactly, but it sounded like he started having a heart attack and he died before they got him to the hospital. Okay. And it was at about the same time that Uri was like making these claims. The same day, according to this. Okay. I was thinking more like time, but... Yeah, never mind. I don't. Yeah, I I couldn't tell you that for sure. Um, they don't even mention what time he was before me. I assume it was probably in an afternoon sometime. I don't know. Okay, I will say. I mean, if it is true, if this actually did happen, uh, the the exact way that he claims it happened, I'm guessing there was like witnesses for all of this. I mean, that would at this time really like bump you up, especially kind of. You know, at the time, what how, how people maybe thought of uh, Nassar. You know what I mean? Like, um, would be a big looming figure over the people of Israel, I'm guessing. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard because obviously there were no, you know, it's not like he was being filmed. Um, you don't know, you know, who the witnesses to this are. You don't even know if it actually happened or if. You know, back then it was so easy just to make claims, have a few other people claiming that they were in the audience and suddenly it just gets around. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I, I hate to say this, but people were definitely a lot more gullible <laughs> during this time period. I would say they were less gullible. I would say they're more gullible now. Much really? more gullible now. Ah. Yeah, no, I would say. So back then... Um, this is around the time when Kennedy died. There were people who didn't believe that Kennedy actually died until they read it in the newspaper because they didn't think that the TV news was as truthful as like the newspaper. When you read it in the newspaper, that's when it was real. That's sort of deal. Okay. So All right. There are people. There are people now who TikTok is their main source of news. Well, I I mean, generally the people who believe that are. People who would have been alive <laughs> during this time. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're right about that. They uh, they don't quite get that 
you know, some guy on TikTok is not the leading source of (laughs) (laughs) hard hitting journalism, but I'm sure we will eventually fall into the trap where we believe whatever thing is going to exist in about 20 years. So, um, but, uh, anyway, uh, continuing on here now, apparently at the height of Uri Geller's popularity in Israel, he eventually was asked to perform his astounding feats on national television. Unfortunately for Uri, he was an unable to, as he claims that his psychic abilities were simply not working on this particular day, which tends to become a problem from time to time for him in the future. Uh, he was at a crosswords where his reputation in Israel was mostly tarnished, and he wouldn't be able to make quite as much money if he continued to try to perform his act in Israel. But lucky for Uri, there was a place where hucksters are not only widely accepted, they are even celebrated to this day, the United States of America. So a parapsychologist named Andrija Puharich uh, would assist Uri in coming to the United States in 1972. Now... What do you feel about this in America? Am I being too harsh? Or is this, in fact, the land where hucksters thrive? Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's a big place. Uh, There's suckers all over the, you know. (laughs) uh, I mean, yeah, Israel would be a very small country to, you know, apply your fucking trade as it was if if this is your fucking craft. Um, You know, the... Like, if you fuck up, it's kind of hard to just go to the next town when there are only so many towns, that sort of situation. In America, you just hop on the train and you are fucking in a new town. And that's like a century at this time. It was a centuries old thing for hucksters. Hop on a train. You're in a new place. Suddenly you're fucking your snake oil and your fucking, you know, all your little magic abilities are fresh in this area. I mean, just think about uh, 70s, man. That was like the main decade for serial killers just disappearing killing people and disappearing so uh a alleged psychic should have no problem now go ahead oh i was gonna say definitely yeah back then your uh your id was written in pencil basically (laughs) you just took an eraser to it oh well (laughs) new name new fucking address you know it's all good new place of birth all right now we're going to start getting Pretty weird here, Phil, so buckle in. Okay. Now, before we get into his full adventures in the U.S., um, there's a few interesting stories involving this parapsychologist, Andrija. Uh, apparently, Andrija had put Uri Geller under hypnosis to try to extract information about his mysterious powers. Uri claimed that while under hypnosis, he said... He was sent to Earth by extraterrestrials from a spaceship that came from a planet 53,000 light years away named Hoover. Okay, so that's why he's here. That's why he's special. Yep. And Drija would go, go on record claiming that he witnessed Uri Geller teleport his dog through the walls in his home. Finally, Andrija would later claim that both he and Uri communicated with super intelligent computers from outer space, saying computers would send them warning messages that if humanity did not change their ways, 
disaster would ensue. Now, allegedly, Uri and Andrija would record these hypnosis sessions, but after they were done, the tape recorders would just mysteriously disappear. They don't know why. They think the aliens took them. They're trying to hide the truth here. Uh, It's no surprise later in life, Uri Geller made a pretty big push to kind of separate himself from Andrija and all of these wild claims. So at first he's on board. Then when it starts to get a little weird, he's like, I don't know this guy. My greatest power is convenience of coincidence. Yes. (laughs) Why are these aliens taking his recordings, Phil? (laughs) Exactly. God, when I'm on TV and I have actual witnesses... My shit just doesn't work, you know? (laughs) My weird spoon bending thing where all I'm doing is wiggling the spoon back and forth and making it seem like it bends. (laughs) It just doesn't work so well when there's eight TV cameras around me. (laughs) (sighs) No, don't worry. There is a very big event uh, that will come up in the future that, um, yeah, his powers just seem to kind of come and go as they please. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, what do you think about these claims? Is there could he be from a planet fifty three thousand light years away? It's very convenient at that time to be fifty three thousand light years away. There's going to be no telescope that can <laughs> actually look for. I mean, they didn't even they weren't even sure. I think at this time, it was only a theory that other planets is, existed around other stars. Like they, they were pretty sure that they did, but it wasn't confirmed at that time. Um, obviously, you know, like the, the really nice telescopes that we have now were kind of just ideas at this point. Um, Cause I believe, I believe like the, the big ones that they put out in outer space were like just being like created pretty much in like 1972. So, or like, you know, the prototypes were being drawn up at that time. Well, if so. you listen to some people, uh, it's just because their Photoshop wasn't up to date yet. Since they Photoshop True. all the uh, all the planets. Yeah, exactly. That's when the first Photoshopped picture of Earth came in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for Adobe, you fucking sleeper company for goddamn NASA. We know what you're up to, Adobe. <laughs> yeah, I will say, I mean... We talked about hucksters quite a bit. They're they're a lot of fun. Um, the juggling act that they do, uh, you know, we always say it's because they don't want to work. These people are fucking spinning plates when it comes <laughs> to all of the bullshit that they're throwing up in the air, trying to get something to stick. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're honestly the hardest working, you know, lazy people you'll probably ever meet in your entire life. That is the interesting thing about con people like. Uh, they generally have to work harder than just like, you know, getting a job. But you know what they say, Phil, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. That's true. And they're addicted to the life too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it putting one over on another human being, the con like is better than even like the money they get kind of like gamblers. Gamblers don't really care about the money. It's about the win. It's about the, uh, the serotonin the release in your body, yeah. Chasing yep, that action. chasing that high. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I imagine it gets worse and worse. That's why they become <laughs> degenerates. And <laughs> yeah, Michael Jordan. Blackjack. Yeah, Michael Jordan. We're on to your ass. Oh god, that fucking I love that documentary where he was playing that old man in the quarter bouncing game. 
and the old man beat him and he like wouldn't let the old man it was it was for a matter of money that was like nothing to michael jordan but he wouldn't let the old man like leave the room until the old man i think i think that the that old guy when they were rolling those quarters i think he might have like let him win just so he could <laughs> eventually leave sometimes if, some, if, if he didn't beat him they'd still be playing court some uh sometimes you know the best way to win is to just annoy the shit out of somebody <laughs> true it doesn't matter if you win or lose just as long as you piss somebody the fuck off yeah <laughs> all right now once Uri geller arrived in the united states he he of course came to california now it was at some point in the early 70s that he drew the attention of stanford research institute being it was the cold war the cia was becoming increasingly alarmed that russia was spending millions of dollars studying ESP and its effect. So the CIA enlisted the help of Stanford Research Institute to perform their own study on, quote, gifted individuals. And being Mm. that Uri Geller was so gifted psychically, he was a prime candidate. While doing the study, according to the scientists, Uri Geller had performed unexplainable feats such as moving objects with his mind, changing the weight of metals, bending multiple spoons in front of them with his psychic abilities, and they were most impressed when the scientist obscured a drawing from his view and told him to telepathically recreate it for them, and shockingly, Uri was able to do it with about 80 to 90% accuracy. (laughs) Well, it was the CIA. I'm guessing it was... uh... Scenes of some sort of uh, maybe date rape or <laughs> <laughs> the goddamn uh, prison experiments. Yeah, I uh, I totally forgot about this. Like, you know, d- d- during this time, it was always like the U.S. has to figure out what Russia's doing and Russia's trying to figure out what we're doing and blah, blah, blah. You know, um, it's kind of wild the things that they did looking back like this like trying to find psychic people to see if they could act if like russia had psychics if they could see into their like secret shit you know yeah the uh god the men who stare at goats yeah that movie yeah Yeah, anyone anyone who remembers that movie um also like mk ultra that sort of thing and it just became (laughs) it became a haven for fucking weirdos basically (laughs) those weird ass scientists who just got into like the drug culture before there was like the hippie drug culture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot of people think that they created it basically. It was funny because like the documentary and like a lot of our articles kind of lean on the fact that, you know, these scientists are nerds. Okay. Um, they're not equipped to deal with somebody like Uri Geller who can easily pull one over on them. And they just, you know what I mean? Like, they can be easily tricked because, I don't know, they're dorks, I guess. They just don't have people experience. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Well, also, a lot of their funding is coming from finding people with these abilities. So when you find somebody who's actually like a good showman at this, and it seems like it's happening right in front of your eyes, here we are, fucking cash cow. Let's go. You know? Very true. Very <laughs> true. Your funding depends on people with psychic abilities. So, yeah, you're going to fucking put him up to the forefront. Look how good he is. You know, he's making shit happen. It, it's funny because, like, we know this is 100% real because they have video of 
them testing him and like him doing all this shit. It's kind of cool to watch. So we know um, this part of his life did 100% happen. Um, At the end of the show, we're going to go through like the deeper government stuff that he was allegedly, quote unquote, allegedly doing. But uh, but this segment here, the scientists testing him and him blowing him away is 100% factual. Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do remember how they do the spoon trick. Basically, it involves kind of like um, rubbing your fingers back and forth where kind of like the handle part meets the, you know, the cup part, the spoon, actual spoon part. And like rubbing your fingers together and like warming it up. I think it's like a special spoon, obviously. And then it kind of like bends around a little bit when you wiggle it. You know what, Phil? I actually think this is a prime time for my second and final audio audio clip uh, about Uri bending a spoon. Do you want to hear that? Okay, perfect. Yeah. Here we go. Just be patient. Que tengan paciencia. Melt. Derritete. Derritete. <laughs> Very soon... The metal will become soft. Dentro de poco, el metal se pondrá if muy the suave. Ca- yes, the camera will look at it. Just give me time. Mel, derrítete. And you people at home, don't do anything yet. La gente en casa que no hagan nada todavía. No. Help me. Que le ayuden. Piensen todos. Piensen todos que se derrita. Que se derrita. Yes, yes. Que se derrita. You see, it's becoming very soft. Se está suavizando. And this is not an illusion. Esto no, no, no es it's like it's becoming like plastic. And there's no for look, there's no force, no force in my fingers. No, no, no está haciendo ninguna fuerza. And you can touch it, it's soft. Look, se rompió. Touch it, it's cold. Sí, está frío. Cold. Pero se ha roto. Cold. What, what happened is my mind Lo que ha pasado es que su mente can melt the metal down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you convinced? You touch it. It's cold. No, no, not on that part. Touch it on this part. <laughs> See, it's cold. <laughs> no, it like the spoon breaks, you know, and then he like shoves it into her hands like, "See, it's cold. It's cold." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's I mean, you just the thing is, there's so many magicians who obviously do that, but you know, like everyone's kind of in on like I did this amazing thing, but can you see how I did it? Can you figure out? That's kind of the thing. None of them actually claim to be like for real psychic. You know what I mean? Like they're an illusionist. That's what I should say. Not a magician, an illusionist. Like well, the really good ones. Whether he is or not, he does 1 million percent claim he is a ta- or like psychokinetic, psychic, whatever person. Yeah, and that's where kind of like the fraudster like moniker will come yeah. in is if you are doing these things and then kind of like going like ta-da and then everyone kind of claps and cheers and and you know then you you do like the show type deal. No one actually thinks that you have like a, maybe little kids watching or you know dumb people. But like <laughs> no one actually thinks you have the ability to make an elephant disappear. No one actually thinks you are actually like sawing into like the woman in the box. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Like um, some of those old tricks are well known now. Back in the day, people had no idea how they would saw the woman in half. That sort of deal. 
Well, I can tell you what. I still think Chris Angel is a necromancer, but um, <laughs> one day we will cover that special sexy man himself. But uh, anyway, um, continuing on here now, kind of after the research study, uh, he was continuing his acts and then his popularity was like, you know, slowly, slowly, grow, uh, slowly growing. But the bigger you get, the more people want to prove you wrong. So... Yep. At the at this point in the early 70s, Time Magazine released a full-page article on Uri Geller that went into detail how, like I said, a well-trained magician could easily replicate everything that Uri was doing, especially from the Stanford study here. Now, Uri said this, even himself, out of his own mouth, Time Magazine is big, but not a lot of people read Time Magazine, especially at this time. But what did happen, kind of the cause and effect here, is TV stations and such like that read the magazine, saw this guy, and then wanted to bring Uri onto a bigger platform, okay? So it was kind of like they were trying to destroy him, and instead they actually elevated him. Kind of a... a, uh, Not what they're intending here. So in 1973... Uri Geller was invited to perform on the most popular television show at the time, The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Now, 22 million people would be watching this particular episode, so the pressure for Uri was really ratcheting up. During the segment, Uri was asked to detect where the water was under a bunch of cups, basically. He failed. He was asked to bend a metal spoon. He failed. And then Johnny Carson was trying to get him to do his telepathy trick. He had a drawing, and then he was going to have Uri recreate it. And unfortunately, he refused to complete. He refused to do that at all. And to say the least, Uri Geller became a real laughingstock. This really hurt his reputation. Obviously, Johnny Carson was insanely insanely popular at the time so after the show Uri Geller and his manager they claim that Uri was just so nervous about being on Johnny Carson that's why it nullified all of his psychic abilities that's the only reason he was just so nervous he couldn't do it the power of convenient coincidence right there yeah come back in for him that's number one superpower um yeah, definitely. So, like, it was the legitimate going back a little bit. It was the legitimate journalists who were trying to destroy him. They ended up, like, opening up the eyes of the television producers who were like, oh, man, we could get this guy on TV. We could make him a big star. And then we would kind of, you know, make ourselves more money through average, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Put him on yeah. TV, all this stuff. Problem is, they're the ones who actually, by trying to prop him up, destroyed him. Yeah. By putting actual eyes on him, real cameras for It's funny because, like, I watched, you can watch this segment on YouTube. Uh, It's very famous. So, Johnny Carson, I I didn't watch a lot of him, but he's being, even though Uri is like completely failing, and the audience or the two other guests on the couch are like kind of poking at him. Johnny Carson's very, like, civil with him, not really making fun of him or anything, although, of course, Uri's getting defensive about it, um, as to be expected, but 
Uh, yeah, it's it's funny. He's like trying to bend the spoon, and there's the tiniest little bend in it, just very tiny, right? And he's like, "See, see, I bent it. Now just set it down. It'll keep bending itself." <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, believe it or not. This didn't kill him. You know, this did not destroy him completely. Yeah. Oh, there's always going to be an excuse. There's always going to be a reason. And then, you know, the comeback. It is kind of hard, though. Um, Like I said, the best hucksters, whenever they kill the town they're in, they just hop on the train or get on their fucking horse and go to the next town. So it's hard, though, when 22 million people across the country see you absolutely eat shit. So that's going to yeah. be a rough one for him. Yeah. It's funny because, um, like, at this point in his story, he has now been <laughs> a big stage twice and just failed to deliver. Definitely. Yeah. It's almost as if the more eyes that are on you, the more, you know, cameras that are around you, the, you know, the worse it's going to come out. Yeah. And yeah. you got to think, too, how many times did he eat shit? at his live shows it's just you never really heard about it no you know no because there's very few recordings like of him yep uh at those shows just probably just simply because of the technology at the time but uh but yeah anyway here now kind of after this debacle on the johnny carson show uh uri once again packed his bags up and he's like i gotta try somewhere new and the place that he would start over is Britain. Now, once in Britain, Uri would be invited to come on a BBC show and display his psychic abilities once again. But this time, his psychic powers were working. He blew the audience away and he kind of revitalized people's belief in him. He, he kind of got them all believing again. So all throughout the 70s, he would be on countless TV shows and truly become a cultural phenomena. Yuri said at this point, countless, countless celebrities wanted to meet him, which included the late, great John Lennon. Uri Geller told people in secret that his dream was to become famous and get laid a hundred times a day, and he had finally accomplished that dream. <laughs> I hope it wasn't actually a hundred times. Oh my God. Your dick would be so goddamn raw. Uh, Ah, yeah. You might have an issue with chafing at that point. (laughs) You're at, you're on, you're like at Wilt Chamberlain levels right here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he wanted to have sex with a hundred different girls a day. So, uh, I guess in secret, if you're like telling people, I really want to be famous, doesn't that kind of like lean into the, you're trying to, be the showman and all this you know what i mean yeah you're a secret huckster yeah charlatan yeah yeah that's kind of the impression i got and that's why he tells people in secret definitely yeah i mean it's obviously it's a pretty common thing for someone to you know want to be famous and he must have practiced at this to get really good at it like good enough to be you know like just moving to a new country, kind of like all of a sudden you're on BBC all of a sudden. Like, so he actually did like make it happen on the BBC. Yeah, saying, he did. Right. He oh, did. Okay. I Back don't. Then in the seventies, you could have failed on Johnny Carson and then been just fine on BBC. I imagine. I doubt there was a lot of people who could see, you know what I mean? Like, well, you're on a you're in front of a completely it's just like the new town situation 
you're in front of a completely fresh audience. Okay, I don't want to generalize an entire country of people, but to me, this feels like a very British thing, right? The BBC is always kind of a little bit of a of smart asses, right? Like he's yep. over there and like, oh, let's get this clown on TV and <laughs> just let him embarrass himself <laughs> and it backfired on him. But could tell me that's not like the most British thing ever. They accidentally make him into a superstar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, let's yeah. get this dipshit in here. He's going to embarrass himself. We're going to have a joke about it and it'll it'll be great TV. Definitely. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's also, it's a smaller market and smaller pond, you know, so you become kind of like a bigger fish. Yeah. He was probably, the situation is, it was too much too quick for him with the Tonight Show. Yeah. Yeah. He should have worked his way up to that situation, which I mean, he probably was doing at the time. It's just, he went straight to the biggest show on television. He probably should have worked his way into that kind of position. Yeah, it's it's like obviously TV at the time, there wasn't nine million channels like there is now. Right. But yeah, yeah, maybe start with like a local television station or like PBS or something. I don't know. (laughs) Right to Johnny Carson would be pretty intense. I guarantee that after the failure of like the Johnny Carson show, he probably had I'm guessing like cameras and recording equipment like record his act so that he could figure out how to make this work on television because making it work on television is a lot different than making it work in front of a live audience that is very true that is very true he should have took tips from chris angel and david blaine he would have learned a lot there yeah no one works as hard as someone who's trying not to work at all so (laughs) I'm guessing very uh, true. that was the one thing that he was like really hard work at was yeah. being a fucking fraudster. <laughs> now, moving on here, due to the rise of Uri Geller, apparently a very popular activity among adults was to have spoon bending parties, which I can only assume involves a lot of drinking and <laughs> adults pretending to be psychic. But Uri- Some keys and bowls. Yeah. <laughs> but Uri is a generous man and with the peak of his popularity he designed a hot air balloon that he would ride over largely populated areas then he would use his power to unlock others psychic abilities he claimed that thousands thousands of broken watches would miraculously begin to work when he did this There's also a story of Uri going to Japan and unlocking the psychic abilities of 13 children. But perhaps my favorite story of Uri giving his powers to others involves two of his very close friends when they are on a Mediterranean cruise together. Uri told his friend that he had unlocked his psychic powers and to use them to try to stop the engines on said boat. His friend was skeptical at first, but gave it a shot. And you know what? The engine stopped working altogether, and the captain of the boat was left completely speechless on what had happened aboard his vessel. Interesting. Okay, so there are three witnesses to this. Yep, yep. (laughs) Unless you believe that maybe the captain wasn't involved at all, or, you know... (laughs) 
Or the captain didn't just pull that lever and turn the engines off himself. <laughs> <laughs> he knew that the engines were going to turn off because they were coming into port. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or he just like winked at the captain. Like, all right, he's going to go do it. Turn them rotors off. Yeah, you're going to make the engine stop in three, two. He starts shaking his hand behind his back. One, and then it's all of a sudden they stop. Oh, you did it. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine seeing this man in a hot air balloon flying over Phoenix? And he's just like, I'm unlocking all your psychic powers. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's just looking at this lunatic up in the air. No one Phoenix. There'd probably be people shooting at him. (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the magic man we take we're gonna take his money <laughs> he's yeah. got tonight show money in there he starts shooting he's trying to unlock my the devil's powers inside of me get him <laughs> out of here um he's working for sleepy joe biden i knew it <laughs> all right now pew, we're pew. we're gonna move on to the i think is an essential part of kind of a con person and um that's lawsuits okay um no good <laughs> con person is is complete without lawsuits all right now as you mentioned as i as you can imagine uh his popularity like i said is at the peak that it will ever be and with this even more doubters are kind of coming at him and Uri Geller is opening a bunch of lawsuits for uh, defamation of his character now there's a man named james randy and this guy i think in the future we're gonna i'm gonna do a whole episode about him because he is awesome his whole goal in life is to defraud psychics and mediums that's all he does he just is he spent his whole life trying to defame him now because this was Uri's greatest rival He sued him in 1992 for $15 million. Uh, Uri would be unsuccessful. uh, And in fact, he was ordered to pay $50,000 to Randy's attorney for the fees of having him defend against Uri Geller. So, and there's a whole bunch of things about like Uri didn't pay him initially and there's more lawsuits and like, it just kind of goes on and on. Also, a well-known uh, trick of hucksters is not paying your debts. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. It's another big one. Apparently, though, his lawyer wasn't a magician. In the- no. Couldn't make no. it happen. So, Yeah, this James Randy guy went after him pretty fucking hard. Um, you can watch YouTube videos of him kind of explaining what Uri's doing on camera and stuff. So he uh, he is not that happy about it. Definitely. Uh, Actually, I'll bring it up right now. So uh, we took a little bit of a break so that you could show me the Johnny Carson episode with Uri on it. And the moment he sits down and looks at a table full of not his stuff, that's when you can see just the light like leaving his eyes. And he can't even look Johnny in the eyes. The first thing he talks about is how sometimes my psychic abilities don't work. You know, like, yeah. Definitely yeah. his spoon wasn't there. Like his cups weren't there. I think how the water in the cups things works is if you have like one cup that was like put in the freezer for like a day, you have one cup that starts to get a little bit of condensation and you can tell like which cup you need to pick. That's oh. how the cup, I believe that's how the cup trick. Works. But uh, yeah, you definitely like you see 
you see him just looking at this table and like just distraught. Like, can't believe that has happened. But you showed me the video of him. I can believe that he did some, uh, some modeling. He's pretty, pretty decent looking dude. Yeah. No wonder he became yeah. famous. Yeah. So he's not, he's, he's an attractive dude. Um, yeah, it's now you got me thinking, do you think he tried to sue NBC? Is that who owned <laughs> the Tonight Show? Uh, ooh, I, well, Tonight Show's always been NBC. Even when NBC was like radio, I think Tonight Show was NBC. Okay. All so right. yeah, because NBC is what um, Jay Leno was on. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Tonight Show. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, moving on. I'm gonna get to this. Is probably one of my favorite things we're gonna talk about, and we kind of alluded to it in the beginning. Uh, in the year 2000, Uri Geller would sue the video game company Nintendo for using a Pokemon called Younger, translated in English as Kadabra. Uh, for those who know Pokemon, he is a psychic type holding bent spoons. Uri would also claim that the lightning pattern on Kadavra's chest is similar to the SS lightning bolts. <laughs> Uri said, quote, Nintendo turned me into an evil occult Pokemon character. Nintendo stole my identity by using my name and my signature image. For a while, Nintendo actually agreed to not print Kadabra for their trading card game because of these lawsuits. But in 2020, Uri Geller would apologize and allow Nintendo to begin to print Kadabra cards for said trading card game. So I didn't even put this together. Um, I don't know why he's going after Kadabra in particular, because I think Alakazam has two spoons, doesn't he? <laughs> Well, it must be the Japanese name is Younger-er, is yeah. that? Yeah, apparently. Maybe it's because it sounds kind of like his name that they're, you know, I, was there ever, did they ever admit that they got the character idea from him? Did they ever kind of like steal his image uh, or anything? Or? I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, here's one thing I can tell you about Nintendo they will would never admit any wrongdoing ever. And in fact, they are very Sue happy. So um, they probably were like, we're not going to acknowledge this, but we won't print the cards or something. You know what I mean? Like it's too, yeah. it's too late. The games are already out. You can't pull the games out and remove Nin him. God, Nintendo made so much money off those cards. Holy at the, at one time there were, parents just buying deck like packs and packs of those cards kids just getting the same oddish card <laughs> <laughs> like every single time i swear everyone i ever saw opening a pack of those an oddish was in there i mean i love that game um people still <laughs> people still buy these cards like it's kind of a big thing still um i would have never even put two and two together that like Kadabu is based off some guy who claims to bend spoons. I also don't see the SS lightning bolts. I don't know where that comes from. Um, obviously, he's Jewish, so it's like, was he saying they did this simply to offend him? I, It's a Pokemon guy. It's And the fact that he apologized for it 20 years later clearly tells me that he knew he was in the wrong. He just wanted Nintendo money. Or he wanted to get into the spotlight. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. I can see that too. Yeah. So um, 
this kind of has me wondering, like, <laughs> this guy's still alive, obviously. Um, are we going to get some ceased and, ceased and whatever letters from his company? <laughs> from some cease and assist? Yeah. Um, Stop defaming me. Here's the thing, though. Can, can we get in trouble? Because we don't make any money. So uh, we're just talking. <laughs> I mean, there's no money to be had. We're just talking and there happens to be uh, recording equipment yeah. in front of us. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. This is how we talk normally. Like <laughs> me and you would literally talk about this uh, winter in person. So yeah, I, I don't know who hit record and I don't know who's going to hit publish, but um, yeah, somebody did. But uh, continuing on with the lawsuits here in 2007, Uri Geller would sue YouTube uh, content creator named Brian Sempient of Rational Response Squad when he uploaded a video titled, quote, Secrets of the Psychics. In said video included a recording of Uri Geller failing to show his psychic <laughs> abilities during a performance, uh, although both of them ended up kind of like suing and countersuing each other. There was a cash payout but it's unclear which side or how much they got. So there was a cash payout of some kind. Maybe this YouTube guy got it out of him. Maybe Uri got it. We don't know. But the the video is allowed to continue showing Uri failing, like on any YouTube channel. That was like decided. So mm. he got upset just because there was a video of him failing <laughs> during a performance and he tried to sue this guy. Yeah, not even it. It's not even like he made it all up or he, you know, like faked it. Like there is a video I found of you failing. <laughs> I put that on my YouTube channel, and then he sues him just for showing him yeah. failing. Yeah. Imagine like imagine a basketball player who went up for a dunk and kind of like you know how sometimes they miss those easy dunks and it just kind of like slams off the rim imagine yeah. somebody throws up that video on youtube and the basketball player sues them for showing them missing that dunk yeah that's basically the same thing yeah i'm telling you this guy is just fucking so happy man like there's so much about him that i just would like couldn't cram in here but man this dude just i feel like people who have like a con man mentality or like a huckster mentality suing is like their ultimate weapon to protect their reputation oh definitely well it's not even about the money so no. they know that they're gonna lose but the moment that they're like you sue someone they have to shut up about you so there is a certain amount of time where all of this process is happening where your critic can no longer speak about you they can no longer like defame you at all so like while you're suing them and then oh the the lawsuit fell through the cracks the lawsuit failed obviously because it was fucking you know the one of those frivolous ones then you sue them for something else and now they still can't talk to you about it like you there's videos of people who are being interviewed like if they're in a lawsuit at all they're like i can't talk about that i can't talk about anything about the lawsuit i can't talk about anything about the person who's suing me nothing about any of that and it might be like while the why they're on this tv show or being interviewed so yeah. it is it's a great way to shut someone up it's also a great thing to do like cause this person trouble that way any like future you know kind of like the shotgun method you know 
uh, there's a comedian. It's Bill Burr talking about like going to the gun store and the guy telling him he needs to buy a shotgun because you know you you fire the gun in this direction and anyone over he- in the other direction sees that and they run away. It's kind of the yeah. same thing with the lawsuits. Yeah. Anyone, <laughs> anyone who knows that you're sue happy and they will get sued. Being sued is just a huge pain in the ass. So. And some people just don't have the funds to hire lawyers to defend themselves, especially when this guy has millions of dollars can hire the top of the line fucking lawyers. Oh, and there's people depending on his bullshit for their own income. So those people will help him with the fucking lawsuits too. Very true. Very, very true. Um, Now I'm going to continue on here. (laughs) This I thought was kind of fun. In 2001, when Uri Geller was finally getting married, Pop star Michael Jackson agreed to be his best man. Uh, This is weird because apparently he's later found out that Uri Geller was on Michael Jackson's enemy list. Apparently Michael Jackson had an enemy list, which is kind of interesting. Uh, In 2021, Uri opened the Uri Geller Museum in Tel Aviv, uh, which contains all sorts of items he had collected over his expansive career. And finally, the tweet here that we're going to talk about in 2023, this year, when all the alien disclosure was beginning to quote unquote happen in the U.S. government, Uri Geller would take to Twitter to let the people know that he knew aliens are real. The tweet goes, my dear friends, I cannot at this stage reveal any information about this photo, but please be patient until I am allowed to say more, if at all. Meanwhile, I am very curious what you think about this picture. You might notice something I have overlooked. Remember, I have seen alien bodies in a NASA refrigerator uh, refrigerator room with Dr. Werner von Braun and Captain Edgar Mitchell who walked on the moon. There was a CIA scientist with us. Hashtag alien, hashtag aliens, hashtag UAP, hashtag UFO, hashtag NASA. Now, hashtag fake picture. Um, no, hold on. Can you can see the picture, right? Yep, of the I alien see bodies and everything. Um, pretty cool picture, you know. Uh, here's what you don't do. You got to be careful when you're going after the internet with this thing because mm-hmm. people immediately called them out for taking this picture from a X-Files episode. Yep. So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He took it from an X-Files episode and said it was his picture. Yeah, it's <laughs> claiming well, that making it seem like he took this picture while in the room with Werner yeah. Ron Braun yeah. and all these other scientists yeah. and Captain Edgar Mitchell. Like, oh, I took this picture. I was there. Oh, yeah. you took that picture? Well, not me, but this picture was taken. Like, the, But he's an old dude. He probably forgets that the internet exists every once in a while, you know. He's like, damn, how these... easy it is to reverse photo image. He's you like, know, how are these kids so goddamn smart? How'd they catch on? <laughs> It'd be great to see his face like moments after he sent this tweet and some kid just with easy like Google reverse image searching, just being like, that's actually from the X-Files. Probably a show <laughs> that that kid never even saw. No, but... <laughs> probably not. It's just when I saw that, I'm like, come on, why? Just don't even include a picture. Just talk about the aliens. You could have saved yourself a lot of grief. Oh, definitely. Yeah, well, I mean, this guy cannot stop 
fucking just it's like that <sighs> it's like he's on a bicycle and he just throws that meme of the guy like just throwing the rod into his own front tire of yeah. the bicycle yeah he just can't fucking help himself <laughs> like you said he could have easily you know posted something about how i knew there was aliens and then just said a little something about like i've met Ver- brown brown i've met captain edgar mitchell let me tell you it's all real and everyone would be like oh bullshit but it's a good tweet blah 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 whatever instead he makes up a story about him being in the refrigerator room then shows up this picture which is just a clip from a tv show (laughs) i love it it's just it's so fucking on brand for a fucking like washed up huckster you know i'm gonna i might get sued for that (laughs) i'm gonna show you uh after after the show here a clip of him that you got to see where he is telling people he's psychically turning off street lights <laughs> he's like yelling at the street light and it's not going off it's uh it's pretty good and you can tell he's older too so like he's still he's still he's still trying to still trying to do it but um all right i got kind of like two little conspiracy sections here now this these are things that he claims he did okay uh first yep. one's a little mild the second one's a little uh more intense so Basically, he claims at some point all of these big billion dollar mining companies discovered Uri's powers and they wanted to hire him to help them locate things that were buried in the earth, mostly diamonds. He They wanted him to help find diamonds. So according to him, what these companies would do was have Uri fly on a plane over these large vast areas of land and he he had a map and then he would kind of like be like oh there's some diamonds here or there's some minerals here or x y and z you know what i mean he claims he helped these people find all these things in the earth and kind of help make them richer yeah that's a a centuries old tradition of these fraudsters um i can't i think they were called sounding rocks I can't mm. quite. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where it was the two rods that the supposed psychic person would hold, and yeah. then they would like start to spin in the direction. Like if they were looking for, um, we're digging a well for water, or we're looking for uh, gold or minerals or whatnot. They would take these rods out, and then the rods would kind of twist in their hands, and they would like find the water. That sort of situation, supposedly through like like magnetism and you know telekinesis whatever you want to whatever you want to claim um so there's a pretty big tradition of that i've never heard of someone drawing a map while in a plane of where diamonds are yeah but. yeah he claims he did it um the water thing remember on one episode we talked about god what was it like the water witch or something water mancer or dowsing mancer or some shit dowsing. like that dowser is what it's called the the dowsers yeah, yeah the the dowsing rods um yep yeah i i remember we talked about that i can't remember what it's called like the i swore it's like the dowsing witch or some shit like that uh it, it, we had a good laugh out of it he, but, uh was that the guy who made it rain but it ended up raining in like san diego so much that it flooded out the city <laughs> no i don't I think can't. we ever covered that guy I remember us talking about it, but no, maybe it's something else. Who knows? But <laughs> all right. Now, let me get into the government part of this here. OK, because this is really fun. Um, and as we mentioned, 
the we're kind of going back to the CIA doing the tests at Stanford and they essentially see how great his abilities are. So they the CIA approaches Uri and they want to enlist his help on some covert operations. Now, these are some of the quote unquote missions that he did. Yep. OK, so one such mission had him get on a plane with known Russian diplomats that were heading to Mexico. Now, these two men had some sort of floppy disk that had very important information on it. And the CIA told Uri to compel the two men to delete all the information on the floppy disk. So Uri claims that he kept sending them psychic messages that just said, erase, erase, erase. He just kept kept doing that to him. And what do you know? They erased the information that were on those floppy disks. And there was another time that the CIA placed Uri very close to somebody who was contemplating signing the Nuclear Arms Reduction Treaty. And he just kind of bombarded their mind, telling him to sign, sign, sign. And he compelled them, this Russian person, to sign this, you know, big document. Wasn't that, I'm trying to remember, if was that Gorbachev? It was one of them. I don't know. During the 80s. I, it was the, I think it was the guy with the giant, uh, <laughs> the giant birthmark on his head. I believe that was Gorbachev. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure though. That sounds right. <laughs> the Yeah, I know exactly. You can like see his face in my mind. But uh, what do you think about this? Do you think he, he was able to place these subtle messages in these people's heads and have them do the CIA's dirty work. Well, I mean, it's very convenient when you say I work proof and you say, no, it's the fucking CIA. I could be killed for even talking to you about this. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. one of those situations. Yeah. Of course, of course, none of it was written down. No, of course I didn't, you know, <laughs> I don't have any evidence of any of this, but it happened. You know, definitely happened. See, the, um, he, he talks about these two things. He says there's a lot of other missions that he just he's not comfortable talking about. But he'll talk about these two missions. Yeah, it's 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 pretty funny. Um, yeah, him just I can just you remember that South Park episode where they were doing the, the psychic battle. And it's I, just I'm holding their temples going, no, 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 no. I just imagine <laughs> doing that on a plane. And then the Russian guys are just uncomfortably yeah. <laughs> just sitting there drinking their vodka, looking <laughs> at him, like wondering, why is this psycho on our plane? Why is this man with a spoon staring at me? <laughs> erase, erase <laughs> while he's holding two fucking like Alakazam. <laughs> What if he was just, he had like a giant piece of paper and he's just vigorously rubbing an eraser over it saying, erase, erase. And he's like, this is how I send them psychic messages. <laughs> yeah, but, it's, I mean, man, he's just, honestly, he doesn't become, imagine this. He doesn't become a huckster, but he does just do like, you know, he writes TV, movies, novels, that sort of thing about this kind of stuff. I mean, everyone thinks he's just a genius. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. He just makes up. Honestly, he's really good at just making up these stories. If he could just not have it be about himself, that's the problem. <laughs> if he wrote these stories, 
people wouldn't think it was about him. People would think it was about the characters that he was writing. Yeah. And he wants everyone to think it's him. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Remember? Okay. Remember I said the I'm, little bit of narcissism? Oh, a little bit of narcissism. <laughs> <laughs> he claims to have, have made the world safer from fucking nuclear arms by forcing <laughs> maybe Gorbachev to sign the nuclear arms treaty. Yeah. Well, <laughs> reduction he, treaty. We 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 can't prove he did do it and we can't prove he didn't do it. <laughs> this guy's fucking putting himself up as Captain Planet. <laughs> well, let me tell you about this incident where he claims the government pushed him too far and he had to he had to end his work with the government altogether. They just pushed it too far. So Uri claims that he began working for what he said was an unnamed organization. He didn't want to mention it. And he went in, they placed him in a room with a pig. Okay. The scientist told him, I'm going to lunch, and by the time I get back. This fucking pig better be dead. Now, Uri said he knew what the organization wanted him to do was to stop the heart of the pig, thus making Uri an assassin so he could, like, covertly kill people. But he was disgusted by this, and he just left the room and ran out of the building, never did another job for any government agency. You can tell he's not from Wisconsin because he didn't <laughs> fuck the pig. But yeah, I <laughs> if they that pig better be dead. I mean, how hard is it to? Well, I suppose, honestly, if you don't have a weapon, maybe killing a pig. And if it bites you, it could yeah. really be some damage. Yeah. You don't want to fuck with a big ass pig. Now, they got some big fucking chompers. On yeah. Them. But um, I, I don't know. This is just. The first thing with the pig that came to my mind is that for very first episode of Black Mirror, do you remember that one? Uh, were they were they blackmailing like the prime minister into having sex with a pig? Oh yeah, yep, <laughs> yeah. I remember that one. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> that shit is so fucking funny. Yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty wild fucking episode. Yeah, that show was really good the first season, then it just got really weird off the rails, and then just not good. Yeah, a lot of episodes were like hit or miss. That's what I felt like. I haven't watched them all, but in the other seasons, there'd be like three of them that were really good, and then like four that were kind of stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But um, now, kind of the final thing here. So, Uri claims that his records of like doing all these, you know, 007 secret missions for the CIA, like... They're so confidential and they're just super buried that you can't even access them with, you know, the Freedom of Information Act. Like nobody's allowed to see them just because they're so covert. They're so secret and just like nobody can find out about them. He freely talks about that shit and hasn't never spent uh, hasn't ever spent a minute in jail. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Yep. He. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's a weird guy. He drives around a car that has bent spoons glued all over the exterior of it. So everyone knows who he is. Yeah. 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 Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should use that four-letter word. He might he might have earned it. Oh, what a a cunt. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he's yeah, he's he's a bit of a cunt. Yeah. No, it's um it just reminds me of there's those YouTubers out there who wear their own merch so that people recognize them like that kind of shit. 
uh, just just dying for fame. You know, he had his moment. He was on fucking Johnny Carson, but he couldn't make it work. Yeah. Like you said, it uh, wasn't his stuff. It wasn't his stuff. Yeah. Um, with the spoon, I don't remember if the spoon has to be like a special spoon made out of like a um, a more like heat conductive kind of metal that'll be a little bit more pliable with heat or like I just I know I know that like a regular spoon like isn't going to work as well as like if you have a spoon that will like heat up quicker is a, you know, a little less dense, let's say it it's a little bit more pliable. Um, I know, I think I said, did I say on air about the cup thing about how you could freeze the cups and then like the cup that you want to have, like the stuff hidden under, like will be condensation, start to sweat condensation. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Um, remember if you did or not, but that is probably what happens. Yeah. It's, it's something with like the coldness of the cup, the, how the water is like room temperature and it kind of like starts to make so if all the cups are frozen but one cup has like the warm water in it it'll start to it'll start to sweat more it'll do something there's some there's some kind of trick to it i know that involves heat differentiation differentiation or whatever that <laughs> word is <laughs> differing differing heat and cold that sort of thing temperature uh yeah there's a lot of i mean a lot of those with the internet now the secrets on a lot of those tricks are kind of out, like how they work. Um, but yeah, if he didn't have his own stuff, if the stuff wasn't set up perfectly for his little little illusions, then definitely, yeah, he's fucked. I mean, imagine some of the illusions that like David Copperfield did. Imagine if he said, okay, for this, I'm going to need this, this, and this. And all of a sudden, like, not his stuff was there. He didn't have like people kind of planted in the audience with the special stuff. You know, I don't know exactly if that's how it works for all like magicians. I do know that they use plants who like they'll be like, oh, yeah, you, you. Oh, I happen to have a key that you, you know, (laughs) that's totally not going to like, yeah, you know, bend or break in that sort of thing. Yeah, I it, it seems weird. Like you think you would have a little forethought to be like, hey, I need to set these up to show you not like you guys show me. Oh, exactly. Well, that that's the thing about it is he should have never his ego. Actually, this is a good point. His ego allowed himself to get fucking like exposed yeah. like that because all he could think about was I'm going to be on Johnny Carson and see me. He didn't even realize in his head. Oh, fuck. They're going to want me to be in a fucking non-controlled environment, a controlled environment by them, not by me. Yeah. So yeah. his deal should have been if he would have been a bigger star, he could have probably set it up as, hey, you guys know I'm a fucking illusionist, right? Like <laughs> I need my own stuff. Like obviously I'm not a fucking psychic. Like I'm a magician. You know, it's I'm telling you I'm psychic, but everyone knows I'm a, a magician. That way he could have used his own stuff. It was for the entertainment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um he probably was just so eager to be on like the biggest show on TV. Yep. That he just wanted to get on there. Definitely. Yeah, and then he just ended up fucking himself over. So. Okay, so in the end, do you believe he's a psychic and do you believe he did secret missions for the government or had contact with aliens or any of this? I don't even believe he got injured in the 6-day war. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't I honestly it's hard to believe anything that comes 
guy's mouth. Yeah, if you lie so much or, you know, appears as if you're lying, uh, it's hard to believe anything. Definitely. Um, I mean, and this guy, he's very charismatic. Yeah. Good looking dude. Yeah. This guy can probably talk you into believing one on one. He can probably talk you into believing a lot of shit, you know, just like any good fucking, you know, like those pharmaceutical reps at the uh, drug companies hired those hot chicks, you know, they can get <laughs> they can get doctors to fucking push anything they want. Yeah. Same kind of thing. He can probably get you to believe a lot of shit that you really shouldn't believe or you wouldn't believe in most circumstances. What do they call know? that? The rules of attraction? Is that what that is? Yeah, it's just, it's it's simple manipulation, really. You know what I mean? Like, um, and also, too, people probably, like, saw him and were like, holy shit, he can do this stuff. He looks like that, and he can fucking talk. Like, money. They probably, like, fucking heard cash registers opening and closing when they fucking met him, you know? <laughs> That is uh that is a very good point. It's uh all about the Benjamins, isn't it? Definitely. I mean they could see a good showman, you know. Yeah, his his um his like producer that's been with him forever is also conveniently his brother in law. And his brother in law is just you know, he everything he does is real and you know, he can prove <laughs> it and blah 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 blah, you know, a good manager. Yeah, well, that dude's fucking paycheck depends on it. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would say if he would have been born twenty years later, and not relied so heavily on the "I'm psychic," "I'm an alien," or, or "I'm unlocked," my powers were unlocked by aliens. If he would have went more the entertainer, uh, illusionist, let's call it the entertainment illusionist. If he would have went that route, kind of like you know the big time TV magicians of like the 90s and later on on the internet in the 2000s he could have had a hell of a fucking career for himself yeah but he only knows three tricks (laughs) yeah exactly the bending the water and the fucking uh, telegraphic or telepathic um drawing thing and making watches work yeah i'm making watches where i forget about the watches (laughs) the funny thing is now no one has a so most of the people who have a watch, it, it doesn't like, you know, the battery's out on it because it's just for show. So I did see a video of him bending an iPhone. OK, so um, it's very clearly CGI, but um, <laughs> he's bending an iPhone. Perfect. Yeah. But uh, anyway, guys, we've been going for quite a while here. Uh, if you want to contact us, if you've seen Uri Geller live, maybe. If you watched uh, the, if you know anything about him, where can they contact like Phil? Well, if you know any of his, like how to actually do his tricks, I'm just doing it from memory, like what I remember about all these tricks. Uh, get a hold of us, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you just about anything, you know. Hit us up, you know, what you liked about the show, what you hated, uh, anything. Uh, Probably an even better way, though, is on Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Uh, Cody and I love to hear from you. All the likes, shares, everything's great. If you have any show ideas also, send them our way. We might even, you know, might even use it. Who knows? Uh, Cody, you also have an Instagram account? Yeah, you can follow me at Cody Sabal. Thank you to everyone who's taking the time to do that and sent me a very nice message. I greatly appreciate it. 
The last thing we ask you guys to do is log on to iTunes, leave a show five-star review. doesn't particularly matter what you say. Five stars, hit submit, type something in there. Greatly, greatly appreciate everyone who's taking time to do that for us. If you're a Spotify listener, it's even easier. You just hit five stars, hit submit, and you're all done. Thank you so much to everyone who's taking time to do that for us as well. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed just kind of a lighthearted, a uh, little bit goofy episode. Uh, I love shit like this. I love weird con people. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.